Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So for quite a few of you, I'm assuming this is a somewhat familiar story. It's one that we kind of bring out a lot. And there's kind of a lot of, I think, sayings, assumptions, you know, easy go-to, like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, things that we hear a lot and that we kind of just take for granted. And I think we can take some of these really common stories for granted, too, of like, yep, I know what the moral of that story is, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, care for those people who need it. But I really want to focus this morning on the lawyer, because I think we know the story. I think we know, you know, how surprising it would have been for a Samaritan who the Jews really didn't like. But I think this morning, we're often in the role of the lawyer. Now, the lawyer wasn't just someone who, like, went to court. Lawyers knew scripture, because the laws that they were studying were the Old Testament laws. And so this is someone who had spent most of his adult life knowing what God commanded in the Old Testament, and not just knowing, like, the Ten Commandments, the little song that they teach you in Sunday school, but knowing all of the laws, which is a lot. (laughs) I was doing profession of faith with one of the girls a couple weeks ago, and she was just, we were talking about the Ten Commandments, and I said, do you know the commandments? And she's like, well, I know these. I started looking at, like, Leviticus, and I just got overwhelmed. And that's what it is. There is a lot in there. And this person who is questioning Jesus He knew them, and he was impacted by that. He couldn't spend years studying the law and not come out being a little black and white in his thinking, kind of knowing exactly what he thought God allowed. It was pretty clear to him, you know, like, God says, you shall do this, you shall not do that no loopholes, or if there were, this guy knew them. He knew the law. And then along comes Jesus, who's saying some things that kind of border on strict understanding of the law. He's encouraging people to do things that lawyers would have said, oh, pretty sure God said no. We know that that the law doesn't allow you to do these things. But Jesus just keeps saying them and says it with authority. And so this guy has the opportunity to come to Jesus and say, okay, let's figure this out. What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And he's saying this not as someone who has no concept, but who thinks he knows pretty well. And Jesus knows that, and so he turns it around and asks him a question in return. And not surprisingly, the lawyer answers correctly. But then they take it that one step further of defining the language that they're using. And that's a really important piece, because how often do we have a conversation with someone 
where we think we're on the same page, but maybe we're understanding things a little bit differently. Our words today have meaning. They have connotation. They have slang. They have cultural changes to them. So we can say the same word and have different understandings. And so here, there's, you know, loving God with your whole being. But then there's also loving your neighbor as yourself. And so they take the time to say, okay, let's make sure we have the same understanding of this word neighbor. When I say neighbor, am I meaning the same thing that you're meaning? Because in Jewish law, they had neighbor defined pretty clearly. And it was other Jews. Your neighbor, the one that you were to love as yourself, were those other people who were God's chosen people, God's children. And that was where your focus and your love and your attention went. And Jesus is like, nope, (laughs) don't have the same definition. And he tells this story. And then I love it, because if you look at beforehand what the lawyer says he says you know love your neighbor as yourself who is my neighbor his intention the lawyer's intention is to ask who does he need to love he is looking outward and trying to draw boundaries he wants to know from an action oriented point of view What is his responsibility? And Jesus changes it. Because at the end of the story, he says, which of these was a neighbor? He's not looking at who received the care. He's looking at the character of the person giving it. He's turning it again back on the lawyer To say it's not who you go out and define as needing your care. It is something about your core being that is central to inheriting life. And kind of the irony of this whole thing is, is as they get a little further in Jesus' life and after his crucifixion happens, they'll learn that actually we don't do anything to earn our own salvation. It is a gift that we receive. And Jesus can't quite say that yet because we see the few times he gets into talking about the kingdom, they just don't get it because they haven't lived it out yet. But he's pointing that direction by saying things are changing. We are moving beyond the law. Not that the law is unimportant, but we are moving from just saying, here's how God wants you to live, to be right with him, to a world ruled by grace. Grace earned by Jesus and offered as a gift to you. And so then, what do you do 
when you receive that gift? What is your character when you receive that love from God? Because I loved, I loved that moment Geraldine let us in earlier of we are at times in our life that person that is beaten, that is robbed, that is left on the side of the road, friendless, ignored, desperate, fearful. And Jesus came and tended our wounds more perfectly than anyone ever could. And the promise we also get is that every single time we find ourselves in that situation, God is always going to come and pick us up and care for us. That is the relationship that God wanted with his people throughout the entire Bible, and they just didn't get it. Because that is a crazy love. Love is kind of a scary thing. If you watch movies or TV shows or, you know, gossip with your friends, you know, you'll see this kind of drama that comes around telling someone you love them for the first time. Because that level of commitment changes things. When love is part of the equation, you can't walk away from the other person not caring when they are hurting. When love is part of the equation, it is your well-being that is on the line right next to theirs. It's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Just the way that you would advocate for yourself or take care of yourself or want someone to help you. You want all of those things for that person you love. And in this story, Jesus is telling us, at all times, that is to be your character. It is not just when you encounter someone you have labeled as your neighbor, but every single moment of your day, you are to be that neighborly person to everyone you encounter. And that can be a hard thing to do. It can be messy. It can mean putting yourself on the line. We see that in here. The Samaritan had to risk things. You know, he's helping someone. He's stopping in a territory where someone has already been beaten and robbed. Lingering in that space was dangerous for him. And then he was slowed down in his travels by bringing this person with him. He left this guy at an inn never knowing if this guy was ever going to thank him, ever wake up, ever, you know, have a future that he would benefit from. But he did it anyway. He put his own life on the line to care for someone he didn't know. 
And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Set aside politics. Set aside, you know, reputation. Set aside worrying about if people are going to judge you. Go and do likewise. I've seen this being figured out a lot on my Facebook page, and I forgive you, I know I'm in Canada, but most of my friends and family are still American. And I assume most of you know, we have this crisis in the U.S. around immigration and about how we love our neighbor. We're not necessarily doing it the right way. And so Christians are coming together, and I've seen it across political boundaries. We are not, our political parties are not getting along right now. But Christians are coming together and saying, we see a need. We see people in need. How do we help? How do we love them as God loves them? And it's not easy. There's, unfortunately, a lot of back-and-forth bickering of what the answer is, and there aren't any easy answers. But it is that compassion, that urge to see people and say, I want to help. That is a reflection of God's character that Jesus calls us to. Who are the people in your life that maybe you've walked by once or twice? That you saw and maybe were like, eh, I think someone else is more their neighbor. I think... My husband might have more of a relationship with them, so I'll encourage him to go care for them. Or maybe we blame them. Maybe we say, well, should they really have been walking that road on their own anyway? They made that choice. Why should I risk my own safety, my own being, to help them? But Jesus says, go and do likewise. And it all comes back to our own hearts being changed by the love that we received first from God. By I know our knowing that we have had those times where we have wished that someone would see us that someone would help us. And having God be the one who gives us that helping hand. Let your hearts be changed by that radical love. And know that when you, in faith, step out to share that love with others, God is right there with you. You are not doing that work alone. But God is in your heart 
and at your side, leading you as you be the neighbor to everyone you encounter. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you have shown us, for the care that you have given us in those times that we have felt broken, that we have felt alone, that we've been ignored or lost. Lord, we pray that we would receive the love that you give us, that we would let it transform our hearts, and that we would go forth boldly and courageously sharing that love with all of your children around the world, whether they know you yet or not. Give us the strength day by day. In your son's name we pray. Amen.